Okay, people, it is that time we are getting into this week's Echo Chamber, people. And as we do, we're going to take a look at the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 17th to the 19th of March. Okay, so at number 10 was Cocaine Bear. This is from director Elizabeth Banks, um, written by Jimmy Warden, starring Ray Liotta, Kerry Russell, Aidan Emmerich, Matthew Reese, Margot Martindale, um, uh, Christoph Heiji, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., and uh, a whole heap of others. At number nine, still doing its thing, it is Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. So this is from Peyton Reed, written by Jeff Loveness, starring Paul Rudd, Avija, 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 Evangeline Lilly, Jonathan Majors, Catherine Newton, William Jackson Harper, Katie M. O'Brien, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Michael Douglas. At number eight, it is What's Love Got to Do With It? This is from um, Shakar Kapoor, written by Jemina Khan, and it's starring Lily James, Emma Thompson, Shazad Latif, Oliver Chris, Noshin Phoenix, Shabana um, Azmi. So, new in, I believe. I feel this is new in, right? At number seven is Lane, right? Um, from Rain, Alan Miller, written by Tom Malia and Nathan Bryan. Starring David Johnson, Vivia Apora, um, Poppy Allen Corby, Charlie Knight, Simon Manyanda, uh, Blue Lab Beats, Alex Blake, Leslie. Oh, Levi Roots is in it. Interesting. Um, Alaya Abazibo. Right, so at number six, it is Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Right, directed by Janelle Jan Janelle Mercado um, and Joel Crawford. Written by Tommy Swerdeflow and Paul Feischer. Antonia Bandiris, Salma Hayek, Harvey Gillian. Florence Pugh, Olivia Coleman, Ray Winston, John Mullaney, Samson Kayu, all lending their voices to the piece. So, um, at number four is the new one from Scott Beck and Brian Woods. They both directed and wrote it, right? It is 65, right? Starring Adam Driver, Arena Greenblatt, Chloe Coleman, 
Nicker King and Brian Dare. So at number three is, I think it's Ali Ja. Ali Ja? I don't know. From Richard Eyre, um, written by Heidi Thomas, um, based on a book from Alan Bennett, starring Jesse Akel, Louise Ashbourne Circus, Lauren, Lorraine Ashbourne. Jessica Baglow, David Bradley, Ray Bunnett, Paul Butterworth, Darren Charmaine, J.P. Conway, Eileen Davis. At number two, it is Creed Free. Michael B. Jordan directs. Ryan Cooler came up with a story, which was written by Keegan Cooler and Zach Balin. We got Michael B. Jordan. Tessa Thompson, Jonathan Majors, Wood Harris, Felicia Rashard, Mila Davis Kent, Jose Benavides, uh, Salenzi Lira. Okay, and at number one this week, right, it's David F. Sandberg's. Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which is written by Bill Parker, Chris Morgan, and Henry Gaiden, starring Zachary Levi, Lucy Liu, Helen Mirren, Grace Caroline Curry, Rachel Zegler, Megan Good, Adam Brody, Dejon Huzonu, um, Deirdre Barber, Jack Dylan Gazer, Asha Angel Marta Millens. Okay, people. So that's the top 10. We have got four films for you this week. Um, so yeah, let us get into them, shall we? Okay, so first up is the Shudder Original People, it is Scare Package 2. A sequel to the 2020 anthology. Okay, people. So, back in 2020, right? Shudder released Scare Package, an anthology which, you know, I quite enjoyed, right? Um, there were some decent uh, stories on there. Um, and at the end of last year, Scare Patchy, Scare Package 2 hit the platform. So, again, this was made up of different segments, right? So, we have Scare Package, which, well, Scare Package 2, Rad Chad's Revenge, which is the framing device. And then we've got things like um, Welcome to the 90s, uh, which is directed by Andrea Barreto, um, written by Barreto as well. Uh, then there is um, The Night He Came Back Again. 
right? Part two, The Night She Came Back, which is directed by Anthony Cousins, um, written by Ryan Shadadelli, um, John Carrasco, uh, and Anthony Cousins. There is um, Special Edition, which is directed by Jed Shepard, who also wrote that. And um, We're So Dead, which is directed by Rochelle Wiggins. Um, And that was written by Carmen Burns. And Aaron B. Kuntz. All right. And um, Scare Package 2, Radchad Revenge, is directed by Aaron B. Kuntz. And um, also written by Kuntz and Cameron Burns. Okay. So there's. Uh, because it's so many different segments, there are so many different people on this. But producing these is Tim Wilrich, uh, Helen Tuck, Sean Talley, Ashley Schneed, uh, Nicole Roos, Aaron B. Kuntz, Alex Uting, um, Anthony Cousins. Cameron Burns, um, executive producing. We've got Sebastian Basil, um, Michael Galvan, Trevor Henderson, and Rochelle Wiggins. Co-producing is Adam Watts, Pharrell Rose, um. And Jeremy King is an associate producer. Alex Curvoro handles the music. Andrew Scott Bard, Chris Bland, Sirian Craig, and Robert Patrick Stern are on cinematography. Editing. We've got John Cole, Syrian Craig, Alex Uting, Abby Khalifa, Aaron B. Kuntz, and Richard Lupasong. Production design is Rochelle Wiggins, Jason Dean Thomas, Catelyn Shelby, Anthony Neal, and Joshua Miller. Art direction, James Woodley, Madeline Marcom. Fingal Green, and Sam Deans. Set decoration, Tom Ribbit, Carly Dirtstella, Tilda Boehm Carter, and Mary C. Bruce. With costume design, Alexi Kotokuska and Jolene Richardson. Now, our cast. Again, so many just different people. Um, Jeremy King is Chad Buckley. 
Um, Jesse is played by Zoe Graham. Sam is played by Byron Brown. Rick, Rick Summers. Kelly Marooney is Miss Kaposki. Um, Kimmy is played by Sharika Jarape. Dwight is Graham Skipper. Um, Moira is played by Maria Olsen. Um, Laurie is played by Alison Sugimoto. Kirk is played by Kirk C. Johnson. Bert is played by Bruce Davis. Claire Jennifer Radar. Buffy Steffi Barkley. Um, Nancy. Sharonina Shodorons, Ginny Luxie Banner, Sally's played by Elizabeth Tyrell, Daisy Chelsea Grant, Scotty Orr is in there, Will is played by Jack Hartwig. Um, yeah, there's I mean there's a load of different people, people. And it's, you know, IMBD is a bit of a mess the way it's all laid out. So, yeah, that's all we got. Um, now, the gist is when horror guru Rad Chad Buckley's funeral turns into an elaborate series of hilarious death traps, the guests must band together and use the rules of horror to survive the bloody game. Right now, as I said, look, I I enjoyed the first one. Um, one of my favorite segments on the first one was "Girls' Night Out of Body" from Courtney and Hillary Adjujar. Unfortunately, the sisters aren't on this, and I think this it it feels a bit like the scream you know, sequels, and the Final Destination sequels, where it tries just so hard to outdo the first one, right? And then you've got things like um, Not Another Scary Movie, which was a spoof of Scary Movie, which is a spoof of horror films, right? And it's just like you're spoofing something that was already spoofing. What are we doing here? And you get that kind of sense with this. Well, for me anyway, right? There was a lot of stuff that just was just really silly and just didn't really seem to fit together. Now, with the framing device of the funeral, right? This one, it does tie in the different segments well into you know the the main story probably a little bit tighter than the first one but yeah a, a lot of the, the the little stories doesn't don't necessarily make sense i think my favorites out of those definitely had to be um we're so dead which seemed to be a little kind of a Stranger Things play, right? I think, anyway, I don't watch a lot of horror films, people. Um, so I don't, I might not pick up on all the references, 
You know what I mean? Like stuff like Halloween and you know, you can get some of the, the, the more niche stuff I have no clue about. But yeah, we're so dead and welcome to the 90s were my favorite segments of this. And I think worked worked very well. The others, like tonight he came back again. It just felt very over the top. And, you know, they're throwing in different, like, the, a, a big problem is, is, you know, I have a lot of times with films is when you throw in that the deuce machina, right? The MacGuffins and all of that. It can work if done very well, but a lot of times you're just like, okay, so, you know, you're giving people all of these clues and then you're just throwing in this random thing to go, ah, that's actually what's happening here. And there was so much of that in some of these stories where you're just like, I mean, how am I following this, right? The story makes no sense. It's not following any kind of guidelines or, you know, logic here. And then you're just going in this completely different direction and saying, this is what the thing is, right? We're having these, like, there's a bit with a chains and a guy in his skin. And you're just like, wait, what is happening here? Because especially when we have other parts of the film where people, you know, let's say just lose their skin and then they're dead. So you're just, you're just very baffled. There's a thing with, you know, acidic throw up, which if that's the case, everyone's dead, right? Because the throw up will be coming through you. It's coming through you. So it would have burned all your insides. You'd be dead. Right, but people are throwing up on each other and killing people. But you're just like, look, after the first, you get what's happening. So you would turn all you have to do is turn your head, turn away from people. Like that's the thing that made no sense. And there's a lot of that. There is a lot of that, like uh, a lot of very hammed up acting, right? Which I'm assuming was um ask right but it just doesn't always work doesn't always work and then you have these storylines where it's just like ah this is a thing and you're like that makes no sense right and they try and go oh and they show you these bits and be like look see this is what I, and you're just like it still makes no sense doesn't make any sense yeah i mean uh like in the first one there was more stories that I enjoyed, right, that worked, so the overall thing, you can be like, yeah, you know, it's not all perfect, but I, yeah, I, I say I walked away enjoyed, right, this one, uh, yeah, I, I just couldn't say that, unfortunately, I couldn't say that, and the way it ends, it's, Definitely being left for a potential third film, you know, and like Scream, like uh, Final Destination and Scary Movie and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, you get a sense that they probably want this to be a franchise like that. I, yeah, I just think stronger stories, hopefully, next time around, you know, but. Who knows? We will see what happens. You know, I look. 
if you're a fan of you know the, these anthology series and stuff like that, yeah, th this will probably be fine. You'll probably get along with it, and it will, you know, like I think uh, is it VHS ninety Rust. I think it was 94 was the last one or was it 99 it was the last vhs one anyway you know for me that one yes it was 99 right i think if you really enjoyed that then scare package 2 you'll be cool with you know that's what i i feel it's along those lines so yes if you enjoyed vhs 99 Scare Package 2 will be all you. Be all you. I really enjoyed that one. And yeah, this one didn't, didn't really work for me. There's definitely some good parts to it, you know? As I said, look, we're so dead and welcome to the 90s. I very much enjoyed those two, you know? So um, yeah, it's on Shudder now, people. So yeah, you can have a look and see which ones work for you, you know? So, uh, happy watching. Okay, so now we have an El, El Salvadorian indie flick. It is The Whisper of Silence. Okay, people, so, just checked out The Whisper of Silence, right? Thanks to the great people at Alternative Current who hooked this up. So, um, yeah, this is the feature directorial debut from Alfonso Quijada, maybe? probably butchered it he also wrote the film the film is produced by Andy Hodgson and uh, Queer Jada it is executive produced by Jose Robles and Adolfo Salamu Arturino uh, associate produced by Usman Ghani. Music is from Daniel Velasco. Andy Hodgson also is on cinematography. Andreas Paras edits the piece. Production design is from Lourdes Sandoval. Um, Adriana Portillo is on art direction. Costume design is Andrea Tigueros. Um, Monica Alfaro and Guadalupe Alea are on um, makeup and hair. Production management is William Barraza and Katia Villacorta. And our cast, well, Josephine Moreno is played by Laura Osma. Um, doo -doo -doo 
Uh, Her brother Carlos is played by Carlos Ali Lagas. No, Carlos isn't her brother, actually. No, Carlos is um, a friend. Well, he works at a um, plantation. Yes. Um, Her brother is Miguel. Uh, No, her brother... Jesus Christ. Her brother is Alfredo. Yes, who is played by William Castillo. Okay. Uh, There is also her best friend, Dahlia, played by Emmy Mina. Um, We've got Don Gilberto Arana, played by Ferdinando Gavria. Uh, There's Mauricio Campos, played by Juan Carlos Velis. Um, There's Sianora Ortiz, played by Alicia Chong. Uh, Juez, played by Luis Balbiria. Sofia Delgado, played by Ali Matur. Um, Donna Maria, played by Mercy Flores. Uh, David, played by Anthony Hernandez. Okay, so the gist of the film is this, right? Um, we follow Josefina Moreno, a coffee picker with a unique sense of smell and ambitions to follow her passion and become a coffee taster. Despite being traumatized and living in fear following a violent incident in her recent past, the young woman begins to learn all about the coffee tasting craft with the help of her godmother who has taken in Josephine and her brother Alfredo after the death of their mother. But with Alfredo having given up school and falling in with two local hoodlums, trouble arises when the trio devise a plan to rob a mansion and their reckless actions may put an end to Josephine's dreams. So yes, that's, that's the film. Right, and it is a, a, a you know for, for his directorial debut. This is a, a really, you know, I mean, solid offering. I would say from Alfen, Alfonso Quilajada. Uh, I think. Because this film is, is is kind of couched around um, abuse against women, right? At, at the end of the film, there is um, text that comes up talking about, you know, the, the numbers and the impact and what this does, right? And, and you know, as you're watching it, you, you understand that's, you know, a big focus of this. You know, we we have, because we don't really see what happens. There's flashes, 
And you basically, you know, right? You know, but we don't really see it, which, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to see that, right? But even with what we do see, that's harrowing enough. You know what I mean? That, that leaves a mark. Right, and the film starts with um, Josephina and Alfredo coming home. So something has happened, and she goes. She's in her room or in the bathroom. She's in a room, and we see her looking at the mirror, and there's just blood on her top. And she kind of t- her dress is ripped, and she takes her dress off. And she's just standing there in her underwear, looking at the mirror, just holding herself. And it's like that scene, it, you know what I mean? As I said, we don't see a lot, but what we do see, it leaves an impact, right? And you, and you get a sense of this horrible thing, just horrendous thing. So we have that. And then the film kind of goes on, right? We, we understand that their mother is dead. And, you know, we're getting an insight into Josephine and what she's trying to do, right? But she's just working in the plantation, picking coffee. But she's curious about coffee tasting, you know, she sees it. Now, there are things that are said later on in the film that I don't think are necessary. Like, you wouldn't have known unless it's said. Even though I feel it's one of those things that could have been portrayed, right? Which would have given you this greater, I think, sense of who Josephina is and her abilities, but we, we kind of find that out later on. But I think where this film really does shine, I mean, we've got these incredible performances. Because, boy, the performance of um, Laura Ozma is so good. Like, so good. There's, she manages to display everything. All of these little micro-expressions. All of these flashes of fear. Anxiety. That's all there. It's all there. Really handled very well. Right? The, I mean, she also, you know, I mean, just, I think, Gives you a bit of an insight, right? Obviously, the, these things are different for everyone. And, you know, so many women are affected so many different ways. But we do get a little bit of an insight into what this is doing, right? The ramifications of this incident, right? Just the sound of things makes her flinch. The different noises, uh, being touched, right, being approached, just all of these things, the way she communicates with men, right, 
all of this, you can see it's had this effect. And Uzma does this fantastic job of bringing this to life. Right, the, the performances from the other cast members as well, you know, really well done. A friend, um, Dahlia, played by Emmy Mina, is really just a, a, a very well um, done performance. Juan Carlos Villas as Mauricio, um, Fernando Galveria as Don Gilberto Arana. No, we, the, the film is littered with these really good performances. You know, it's set in El Salvador. So it's, it's very scenic, right? And that is used very well in bringing this story to life, you know? So all of that is really done very well. Like... There may have been, uh, you know, possibly better ways of showing the coffee tasting, especially after, like, the first thing, just so you could get a sense of what she may be smelling and experiencing. But I think that comes, right? That comes with the, the more films that you make and direct and uh, are, are a part of. But it, it's not... Like, as I say, Osmo is very expressive, so we get that, you know, that's done well. But I think there's there's parts of the story that which you're not quite, you know, I think could have been fleshed out a little bit more, you know, just so you have a better maybe understanding of her situation, not the attack necessarily, but you know, the, the living situation, the financial situation, like how all of this is, you know? Um, as I think then that would make certain things that happen later on, like you'd understand what how big that thing might be, you know? I mean, you can guess, right? You can definitely guess, but I think it would help the story with just that little bit extra you know maybe something around right because you you get an idea because you know it's like her brother's going to school she's not going to school right so it's just that that inequality right the the, the cultural perception between boys and girls you know this could have been brought home maybe a little bit right the the abuse on women, right? Because we get this thing at the end, but it's just like, it's not really talked about in the film. You know, so why is that, right? Has something happened in the past and people been ignored? Like, what is this thing, right? Which then I think can help you. Because look, I think when you know about this kind of stuff, you understand, but there's a lot of people that don't. Right, so I think maybe bringing that kind of stuff to light would help the film as well, and just the understanding of the viewer of the film. Uh, so yeah, it, it's not perfect, right? But I think it is handled very well, you know, for a first time feature director, you know, I, and one good thing about the 
it's an El Salvadorian film, you know, the first to get a big release in the UK. So, you know, that's a huge feat, right? It's subtitled, which, <laughs> yeah, it took me so long to watch this friggin' film, man. Oh, my days. Oh, my days. Right? And it's 90 minutes. It, it took me a lot longer. A lot longer than that. Luckily, though, the subtitles were larger, a little bit larger than normal, I would say. And they were on a solid black background at the bottom of the screen, which made it definitely a lot easier, you know, to perceive what was what's being said. So that I have to give them props for for doing it like that, because a lot of people, even big Hollywood films, do not do that. So, yes, they got that right for sure. Uh, but. You know, the film is going to be re-released on all of your favorite uh, streaming, well, you know, video-on-demand platforms. And something it did remind me of. Now, they're different films, but there was a film, uh, Beyond the Bayou, the Banyan, so Beyond the Banyan Tree, right? We um, looked at it last, I feel it was, was it last year? I think it was last year, yeah. Um, uh, Kathy, oh, Kathy, oh my days, Kathy Chu, Kathy, I think was in it. Um, it's, it's, it's a very good film. And, you know, different, completely different storylines, but very, both kind of in case in their cultures and giving you that insight so it, it I did get like just reminded of that watching this so I will say if you like that kind of film then yes the whisper of silence will definitely be for you but it's out um on Monday you know so yeah um you know Find it on all your favorite VODs people uh there's a link for the Apple um, on the website, so go check it out. Yeah, I think you know, what I mean, I think it will resonate, I think it will touch people, but yeah, it, 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 there's definitely some uncomfortable moments in the film, so definitely be aware of that. But it is a very powerful story, okay? The Whisper of Silence. Right, right, right. So now we caught up with an A24 joint from last year, people. It is bodies, bodies, bodies. Okay, people. So, yo, oh shit, just checked out bodies, bodies, bodies. And it took a little while, right? Took a little while. Because I was, I don't even know why, right? But I thought this was a subtitled film, right? I don't know where I got that from, but I thought it was a subtitled film. So I was just like, ugh, 
You know what I mean? I ain't getting through that. Right? But yeah, it was just the other day that I then discovered it was not. It was not, which is kind of crazy, right? It is the second feature from Halina Rajin, right? And her debut English language film. It is written by Sarah Dalap from a short story from Kirsten Rupen Ian. I believe it's a short story. It's from her anyway. Right. It is produced by David Hindruza, Ali Herting, um, co-produced by Tatiana Beers. Um, and Lars Costa, Lara, Lara Costa Calzado, executive produced by Sebastian Abair McLeod, Danny Bernfield, Christine de Souza Gillib, Sarah Delap, Jacob Jaffke, and Amanda Stenberg. Music is from Disaster Peace. Jasta Wolf is on cinematography. Julia Blosch and Taylor Levy edit the piece. Casting, we have Jodie Angerstrach and Laura Rosenfall. April Lasky is on production design. Art direction, Luke Green. Set decoration, Eliza H. Clark Johnson. Costumes, we have Katina Dana Bassas. Um, Naisha Petty, Melina Likata, Sarah Gralman, Lani Barry, and Jamie Amadio. We're on hair and makeup. And our cast, we have got Amanda, Amanda Stenberg as Sophie, Maria Bakalova as B. Um, we've got um, Mayala Herald as Jordan, um, Chase Wonders as Emma, Rachel Sonnet as Alice. Pete Davidson is David, Lee Pace is Greg, and Max is played by Connor O'Malley, right? Now, watching, oh, yeah, this, what is the synopsis, right? Nervous about meeting the smug, wealthy friends of her rehabilitized girlfriend, Sophie, Timid newcomer B arrives late to a booze-addled, drug-fueled hurricane party at board David's George uh, Gregorian Greystone Manor House. As the storm rages outside, the party gets started and a group of spoiled Zoomers gathers around the host in the family mansion's luxurious drawing room to play a compelling find-a-killer murder mystery game with the lights off, but it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye. And when one of the players ends up dead, 
mass hysteria takes over and the petty narcissistic backstabbers start to turn on each other. Now cut off from the outside world, their lives depend on figuring out who's behind a frantic outburst of senseless, bloody violence. However, as bitter rivalries flare up and old wounds reopen, how can David's self-absorbed guest survive the night? Bum, 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 bum. Yo, now watching it, right? When I saw um, Greg, I'm like, I recognize that mother. Who is that? So, yeah, then, you know, looking up, I see Lee Pace. It's just like, yes, of course it's Lee Pace, right? This film, this was crazy. This was straight crazy, right? In a good way, people, in a good way. You know what I mean? Like, it is that crazy, just like these kids, well, Kids, adults, I mean, they're still kids, they're early 20s, right? But a hurricane party, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, some crazy bullshit, you know? And it's that, man, like, you're tying it in, because you've got this new relationship, Sophie and B. you know? They're traveling up, and so that's in its newness, but it's that meeting friends situation. And especially friends from a different kind of sphere in life than maybe you, right? So it's all, oh, am I intelligent enough? And do I know what they're talking about? Like, oh, will I fit in? Do I, I don't have as much money. Do you know what I mean? Just all of these anxieties. And that's palpable. You get that, right? You get it, which is great. And then you have them turn up and there's like the, oh my God, you're here. But then some people would be like, yo, what's she doing here? You know, and there's all of these different things, right? Which makes it, uh, you know, like you're wondering, okay, what's happening here? Because I had no clue what this fucking film was, you know? So just from that beginning, you're just like, yo, what is going on? You know what I mean? Where, where is this film taking us? And you can just see that, like, not everything as it is as what it seems, right? Not everyone is the best friends they want to let you know, right? It is the visualization of Instagram. That's what this feels like, right? Just that fake bullshit, people pretending, oh, I really care about you. And you know what I mean? Like, oh, you went to rehab and we care and blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, are you really going to do drugs in front of your friend who's just from rehab? Or like, are you even going to invite them to something where you know it's going to be cake and shit? Right? There's just these weird kind of things going on and dynamics and, right, just interactions, right? David and Greg, the girls, you know, it's all just a little bit cray-cray. But you believe it, you buy into this thing, which is the big thing here, right? Because, I mean... This could have felt mad, just forced, 
right? And be like, ugh, people aren't going to act. Like, people don't talk like that. People don't. And you'd be like, yo, I've met some fucking dum-dums that be like this. You know what I mean? That's the great thing. It's all kind of relatable. Right? To the extent of, you know what I mean? We've seen it. Right? So, then the story really goes crap. There's as soon as you get, let's play this game. You just be like, okay, something's going to go down, right? So you're waiting. You're waiting for something. But when the thing does happen, that you're a bit like, oh, I wasn't expecting that one, right? Because you kind of, with these kind of things, you think, okay, the order must be this, because, you know, these characters are this and that carrier is that. So it kind of makes sense for it to go in this order. Nah, 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 nah. It doesn't necessarily do that. It doesn't do that, right? So you are just, what, where? And then you just get the miscommunications, right? The difference between a vet, <laughs> which was, yeah, Straight crazy, straight crazy, you know, so it's a lot, it is a lot of fun, I will say, if you're playing a game in the dark, why the fuck are you using the light on your phone, you know what I mean, it's like, you're gonna know where someone is from the light on the phone, you know what I mean, like, turning the light off as someone walks around the corner, they would have seen that light, <laughs> Right? That's the nuts thing about this. You're just like, yo, <laughs> what are we doing? Right? You just touch the wall. You walk by the wall, you touch the wall. You'd be like, okay, there's a door frame. That means, oh, we're in the kitchen. Right? That's what you would do. These people are insane. Straight insane. But the way this, it is, yeah, I, I think. The order and everything does catch you. The you know the different things that come up, right? But it all then deteriorates because it is that whole narcissistic, you know, what I mean, culture where you have people. There's I've known people, right? I remember doing club promotion work, and this kid said to me, "I've got hundreds of friends." And I'm like, yo, son, what? He's like, yeah, I got a hundred of friends on Facebook. And I'm just like, yo, they ain't all your friends, man. Just be you're connected, don't mean they're your friends, yo. And, you know, you see people backstab each other and talk shit. And then to someone's face, they're like, oh, my God, you're my favorite person in the world. And, yo, that's that's what happens here. So we see that. We see this breakdown, which then makes it even harder to guess what the fuck is going on. Because you realize that no one's got each other's backs, right? So it's super fun. It is super fun, and the ending, boy, the ending's gonna catch you, the ending is gonna catch you for sure, because, <laughs> yeah, you were just not expecting it to go that way, you're not expecting it to go that way, but it does make it mad compelling, mad compelling, 
So, yo, if you were like me and late to the game, people, 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 go check out Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yo, go check out Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It is a lot of fun. Different films, right? But I would say something like uh, Drag Me to Hell. You know what I mean? That kind of fits in with this, like tonally and that kind of vibe, right? I haven't seen um, X, but I've heard people kind of reference that when talking about this. And it's another A24 flick, you know what I mean? So it's probably a, a similar thing. Barbarian, right? Different storyline, but... Just it's, it's the vibe of it all, you know? But yeah, this is, it's frantic in places. It is lively in places. It is just, whoo, but you do have a few of those more, you mean, intimate moments. You feel me? So yeah, bodies bodies, bodies, people, it's the joint, it's the joint, I enjoyed the fuck out of it, so yeah, people, check it out, it's available all over the spot, all right, bodies, bodies, bodies. Okay, now, people, the new Lion Gate joint everyone has been waiting for, right, right, yeah, baby, it's John Wick Chapter 4. What, what? Okay, people, so thanks to Amy Young and the good people at Lionsgate, I've just been able to watch John Wick Chapter 4. Yo, oh my days. I've thoroughly enjoyed this film there was no name to it right because the last one was parabellum i forget if chat you know the second flick had a sub name but yeah chapter three was parabellum i forget what that's meant to mean i know it meant to mean something but yeah i cannot remember anyway anyway yes john wick Chapter four, just John Wick four. Um, look, with with all the previous films, you know what I mean. They picked up basically straight after the last film, which I love, right? Because oftentimes you get this the the sequels, and in between that and the new film, there's been supposedly all this stuff has happened, and maybe people die, and just and you're just like yo. What happened? Like, what, where are we now? What, huh? But this, you just love it because it's literally the last thing you saw is then the next thing that happens in the new film, and so it's just great, right? There's, there's just this feel to it that you're just tied into this crazy story, you know. Uh, so this one again, directed by Chad. Stahaleski. Um, <clears throat> so 
unlike the previous ones, this wasn't written by Derek Kolstad. So I think, you know what I mean? There was a little, oh, how will this be? You know, like in a way, you were a bit like, Kolstad has done such an incredible job with the previous one. So why change it? But then also, I mean, is it, would it be bad to get a different look, right? A different feel? Like, you know, you're in two different minds, but it was Shea Hatton and Michael Finch on the writing duties. And I've enjoyed a lot of what Hatton's done. There's been some things I haven't quite dug, but I feel that all his stuff has been very successful. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's, in, and also it's, not getting handed to, and because Hatton worked on the third film with Colstad, so this isn't gonna be like they're not making it if it's gonna be whack, you know what I mean? So the film is produced by um Staleski, um, Erica Lee, Basil Iwank, and co produced by Christopher Pfizer. It and uh, Charlie Wallabekun, it's executive. Pro oh, and Henning Molifenter, it's executive produced by David Leitch, Michael Pezanik, Keanu Reeves, and Louise Rosner. So, uh, yeah, music. We have Joel J. Richard and Tyler Bates. Dan Loston, cinematography. Nathan Orloff edits the piece. Cam Carmel Cochran and Magali Combs were on casting. Kevin Kavanagh, production design. Art direction, we've got Emil Burke. Giles Billet, Kareem Kaya, Regis Madil, Andreas Olashan, uh, Comelia Oot, Chris Shiver, and Thierry Zemur. Set decoration Rand Ab Abdel Nua and Mark Rosaniski. Costume design, Paco de Lagado, right? Um, and our cast. Well, it's not John Wick without John Wick, right? So Keanu Reeves is back. Uh, we then have got Winston, Ian McShane, and Sharon, Lance Reddick. Um... Yeah, Whew. Lawrence Fishburne is back as the Bowery King. Uh, we then got Donnie Yen is Kane, right? And Hiroku Sanada is Shimazu, who are two former allies, friends of Wicks, in a way. Um, with um, do, 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 Rina Sawamama playing Akira, 
Shizumi's daughter. We have got Shamar Anderson as Detracker. Um, oh, Bill Skarsgård as the Marquise, who I was looking at the, the Marquise and thinking, who I recognize that. Who the fuck is that? Is that Remy Malik? Right? Like, I, I and then, yeah, so it's, oh, Skarsgård. Yes. Yeah. Because I did think, I didn't think Remy Malik was that tall. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm just like, who the fuck was that? Uh, Scott Adkins is a killer. Um, we've got Marco Zarora as Chidi. Um, oh, Amy Kwan is Mia. And that is um, Kane's daughter. And we've got Natalia Tiana as Katia. Now, yes, that character plays a pivotal part. I won't tell you who they are. Clancy Brown, right? I was very intrigued when I knew Clancy Brown was going to be in this. He is the Harbinger. Um, and George Gigorigu is the Elder. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're the main, our main crew, I feel. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the, the main lot of peoples, uh, all doing a splendid, splendid job. Um, yeah, I think one of the, you know, like, just before this hits, we find out that, uh, unfortunately, right, Lance Reddick died the other day. Um, which, man, that that hit. That hit, man. Like, just when you think of all the great films that he's been in and how pivotal his character, Sharon, is in the, these Wick films, right? Not always a huge part but pivotal you know and man character does his thing character does his thing in this one um you know i i i i think it's uh yeah can't say too much but you know it, it was good to see him you know to do what he does. Um, but yeah, this film, man, like, I think after the fir the first three, you, you wondered where was, where is this going to go? I mean, you know, you know, from the, the, you know, the end of the third one, like shot off a roof, like he's fucked up. He's, like, he's after the high table, right? We know this, but we've seen him kill with, books we've seen him kill with most things pencils just all manner of shit so it's just like well what's next what what can they do what can they do to make this feel like it's needed and like it's not just a derivative and you know hearing some of the talk before it was just like yo we're going to more locations this is gonna be bigger 
And it's just like, ah, bigger, right? How? How? Because we've heard people say those things, right? And you just be like, I mean, just going to countries doesn't necessarily make it bigger. You know what I mean? Obviously, it's it's expanding things, but it still doesn't have that feel to it. So it's just like, what would they do? Right? And it opens up, right? We've got the Bowery King giving a soliloquy. I feel that's what you would call it. Hmm, maybe. He's talking, right? Bowery King is spouting, right? Only the way the Bowery King knows how to do. And then you just, we just see this fist, boom, like hitting this uh, piece of wood wrapped up in, you know, cloth. And it's all bloody. And it's just like, boom, boom, boom. It's a Bowie King is talking. And then you just get a, are you ready, John? <laughs> and the camera pans out and we see it's, it's Wick punching this thing. And he just turns around and goes, yeah. <laughs> but only the way Keanu Reeves could that deadpan, yeah, you know what I mean, which is just like, oh shit, okay, let's go. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was the right energy to just get you started. So you're jazzed. You are in. You are in now, and it's just seeing what's happening and what's happening the high table is oh they are coming with the pressure so straight away we we understand Clancy Brown's role in all of this and I think one of the fun things about all of this is the kind of the tradition right because with, with a lot of the stuff we see, like, there's modern technical versions of everything that could be utilised. But when someone takes out a motherfucking, uh, oh, shit, the name, Hourglass. Hourglass, right? Hourglass, I feel that's the name with the sand. Right, they, they, they put an, and it's not just an any old hourglass. These motherfuckers are ornate. Ornate as fuck, man. They look so good. It's the detail, right? Puts that on a desk and then makes a proclamation, right? When you see the markers and the medallions, there is a level of detail that, I don't know, takes you back to the Byzantian age. You know what I mean? Like, you just think, yo, okay, this is kind of feudal, 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 feudal? feudal, maybe, Japan, you know what I mean, samurais and all of that kind of jazz, right, you just get this feel, and it's just like, yo, this looks incredible, right, film looks incredible, the lighting, the cinematography, just all of that, but then, right, the bigger, it's like, it kind of reminded me of June, Right, remember like Denny's Villeneuve's June, and that you just had these vast sets, right? They're in this castle, and it's just 
expansive, right? But it it doesn't. It, it it's not done in a way where you're just like. I mean, everyone looks mad small in just huge space, but it's just it adds to the volume, to the grandeur of it all, and that's what happens here. We get them in these spaces that look, well, they look decadent for one, right? Not mad decadent. And it just also looks just vast, you know, impressive. So we have all of this going down and it's just, you're wondering how, how do we get out of here? How do we get out of here? This is insane. All of these things that are going down. There's shocks. Definitely some shocks, right? They're like, wait, what? No, you cannot do that, right? There's some of that. Then there's also things that you'd be like, I mean, come on, man. John, doing that thing, you must realize that this will be the next step. Like, this is what's going to happen. You know, the fights. Oh, man, there's a lot of fights, right? I, I think I heard someone go, oh, it's overstuffed with fights, right? Nah, I enjoyed fuck, right? It's like, you know what I mean? I feel it's like a, um, a chocolate brownie or a chip, right? A lot of people like chocolate brownies. A lot of people like chips. And then one day someone's just like, you know what? I'm gonna make a triple chocolate chip brownie, right? Or I'm gonna do a free bake French fry, a chip. And you're just like, I mean, come on, man. Like a chocolate brownie is a chocolate brownie. How is a triple chop going to be any, oh, my God. <laughs> like, the mom take a bite, and they're like, oh, my God. Right? And a, a free baked chip? Just like, I mean, a chip is a chip. How do you make cheese? It's crispy but fluffy inside? This is insane. Oh, my God. What have they done? And that's this. That's John Wick, motherfuckers. That's John Wick, right? Your triple bake chip, your triple chock brownie. It is, yes, there's more fights. There's more explosions. But it's done in a way that just gets you more jammed up, more amped. Jammed up, mate. No, that made you feel like you're constipated. No, no, no. It gets you amped, people. It gets you amped. Yo, I'm all about it. I'm all about it, right? We There's a bit where they changed the camera angle and it just reminded me of um, one of those computer games, right? Um, maybe like a Metal Gear Solid where you're looking down on the person as you're coming in and firing, blah, 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 right? I'm terrible at shooting games, so I don't really play a lot. I've, I've seen people play. Right, so you know what I mean, like, but I, yeah, I haven't played a console in a long last time, but yeah, it, it definitely reminded me 
of video games, which I thought was fun as fuck. And especially with the weapons that were being used within this scene. And you're just like, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Another joy of the John Wick films is like the the humor, right? I feel it, it, it's kind of like Blade. You know what I mean? Because Blade was this action horror type film, which was just, I think it was, it is basically the father to the, the superhero genre that we have today, I feel, you know? And also invented bullet time. That's where we first, not the Matrix, we saw bullet time first in Blade, people. Remember that. But big thing about Blade there was these humorous moments in it, which makes sense because, you know what I mean, even when you're being mad serious, sometimes people just say a thing and you're just like, what the fuck, man? What? Yo, you bonkers, right? Without making it a farce. And the John Wick films have done that, have done that very well. So you get bits like there's (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to say this, and when you watch the film, you will understand, but I am Claus. <laughs> Man, everyone in the motherfucking screening was just laughing, just laughing. That was jokes, man. That was jokes. And and there's just these, these things interwoven, right, where it, it's at just the right time. Right, where things are, I mean, like, yo, man, that guy's head just exploded. What the fuck is that? And then there's something happening, you like, <laughs> oh, shit. Like, <laughs> with all the things that we see happen to Wick, to think that stairs may be the thing to take him down. <laughs> hey, the one thing, like, because I, I, as I said, look, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I thoroughly enjoyed it. There is some crazy things because it's some of the fights, and when my man's getting run over, like the people getting hit by cars, hit by cars, man, flipping, flipping, and then getting up and fighting. I have been hit by three cars. There's no fighting after that shit, right? There's no, sorry, two cars, one bus. There's no fighting. You know what I mean? Like, did you get, like, the, the, the second time I remember getting flipped over the car. And I got up right away. And then the pain hit. And then you're like, oh, shit. Right? In the bus. You know, you kind of get up and then the, the shock hits you and you're like, what the fuck, right? So when I'm watching this and you, you're just seeing all of that and you're like, yo, I've also fallen down many flights of stairs, like many flights. And when I say fallen down, it's just like, yeah, I've fallen down a load of different flights of stairs. But I've also fallen down and then fallen down and then fallen down. And yeah, again, ain't no fighting. <laughs> but I don't need this to be realistic. I don't need this to be realistic. I just need it to be entertaining as fuck. And that's what this is, man. That's what this is. Also, let me know I could be an assassin. I've 
thought about it as a career path, but I was a bit like, but I can't see. Can I take a shot? You know what I mean? I fired a gun. I feel I wasn't that bad. But you wonder. And then you watch this and you'll be like, ooh, inventive web. The doorbells, friggin' genius. Friggin' genius. So, you know what I mean? This has told me I could be an assassin. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I might change my career. Who the fuck knows? But, yeah, a lot of fun things in this film, man. A lot of fun things. We find out some stuff about John's past. That's up in there. And, uh, yeah, we, 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 you know what I mean? Just everything, like the continent. We see more continentals, you know what I mean? And uh, it, it's just, man, visually just everything. It's superb. It's superb. The fights and all of that. Loved it. Really loved it. Um, now, when they were talking about this film, it was back, back before it started filming, they were like, we're going to shoot two, four and five back to back. Right? So we get the feeling there will be a fifth film. Now, during the press, Kiana and Chad have both said, I mean... We need a break. Right? We need a break. But like we do, we, you know, we'll we'll get together at the end of all of this media tour and we'll sit, have a whiskey, we'll have a conversation. And if some good ideas come from that conversation, who knows what happens? And I will say there's there's there are threads in this film that could definitely lead to a fifth film, spin-offs, all that jam, right? So who the fuck knows? But I can tell you this, people, you will not be disappointed. If you have loved the first three, right? You have loved the first three. This one, whew, there's new ways of killing. We've got the dog. We've got a dog back in the mix because the tracker... Great character, great character. Because I just remember in in uh, the second film, right? You had Common as uh, Shazan or something like that. I think I I feel the character was um, called um, Kazian, something like that. You know, who's a great assassin with a code. And the tracker kind of reminds me a little bit like that, but different, you know? And like some of the things the tracker's got, you're like, oh, shit, that's kind of cool, right? Heard of backpack rappers. We now got backpack assassins. (laughs) So, yo, there's just all these fun things, new things, you know? So, yeah, if you enjoyed the first three, John Wick 4 will not will not let you down people great soundtrack you know and and the way songs are used to relay a message at one part of the film is kind of fun but yeah it all works the acting the fighting you know what i mean the cinematography the choreography all of that people all of that superb superb and um 
there is a scene at the very end. So at the end of the tra- of the credits, there is a, a little bit there. There's a little bit there if you want to wait around and check that out. Now, we don't know when we're going to get the fifth film, but there is a TV series, The Continental. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that, people. Really looking forward to that. And you know what? think I'm going to go and uh, sit down and watch all the films. You know, have myself a little John Wick marathon. So people, yo, hope you enjoy it. You know what I mean? Let me know what you think. But John Wick is just about to hit our screens. Enjoy. Okay, people, so we are just about to bounce, you know, but before we do, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film, shall we? Well, people, it would seem that if you are in LA, right, in April, end of April, that would be, right, the 28th to the 30th, then uh, you will be able to catch SnyderCon. SnyderCon? Yeah, that's what he's calling it. I mean, um, inventive on the title. <laughs> well, this is obviously from the name. This is Zack Snyder's little convention. He has been teasing to people, right? So on the 28th, He's going to be screening Man of Steel, right, with a Q&A afterwards from um, himself at the Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. Then um, he's going to be showing uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, with a fan signing on Saturday the 29th. That's again at the Art Center College of Design, right? Um, and then on Sunday the 30th at Universal City Walk, he will be showing Justice League, or Zack Snyder's Justice League, right? This one in full color, IMAX, with uh, another Q&A afterwards. Right, so yeah, if you're fans of Snyder's films, this could be for you, right? I think he's looking to also put the Q&As online so people can watch and all of that. And I believe tickets are going on sale this Friday. I might be wrong on that one, but you know, there's the information for you. You can look up if you want more right okay so we know that um christopher McQuarrie and crew have been hard at work with mission impossible dead reckoning part one and part two right so part one is done and it sounds like part two is basically just about done right but 
what we have now found out, right? There are two new additions to the cast for part two. We've got Lucy Tulajajuk, right? She's going to be up in there, as well as Rolf Saxon, right? Who no one has seen since the very first film, right? Saxon plays William Donlow in the 1996 Right, that just seems insane. 1996, yo. Right, that's uh, the last time we saw him as a CIA analyst. So yeah, he's returning. Um, all right, so right, two directors that did films, well, trailers, right, for um. Grindhouse. It was it was the Grindhouse thing. Remember, right? One was obviously uh, Robert Rodriguez, and he has a new film coming on the twelfth of May called Hypnotic. Right? It's starring Ben Affleck, um, and he will be playing a detective investigating a series of reality bending crimes mysteriously connected to his missing daughter. Aided by a gifted psychic, he is pursued by a lethal specter who is, he believes holds the key to finding his daughter. Hmm. I know. Rodriguez makes some decent films, so I'll give it a look, I imagine. Second is Eli Roof, right, whose new film is called Thanksgiving. Um, and it is basically about a um a, a Massachusetts a Massachusetts, a Massachusetts you know that spot right town on Turkey Day when someone's slaughtering the citizens right and uh, it's going to be starring Patrick Dempsey. Neil Nell Verlek, Addison Rowe, Jalen Thomas Brooks, Milo Manchim, Gabriel Dave Davenport, Tommaso Sanelli, Jenna Warren, and just jumping on board is Rick Hoffman, Gina Gershon, and the hilarious Tim Dillon. So I'm intrigued as fuck. You know what I mean? I'm looking forward to checking that one out. Right? So um, it was originally, I believe, meant to be hitting Hulu only. But, right, Flaming Hot, the directorial debut, I believe, the feature directorial debut from Eva Longaria, is now going to be hitting Disney Plus and Hulu simultaneously. Right, and this will be on the 9th of June. Right, so this is um, a true story, right? A true story, which I think probably plays more to the, you know, the US. Um, but it's about Richard Montanez, who was a 
janitor who they say disrupted the food industry by channeling his Mexican-American heritage to turn flaming hot Cheetos from a snack into a global pop culture phenomenon. Well, actually, I mean, if I remember rightly, he actually came up with the flaming hot version of the Cheetos. Um, I'm... I have no clue what I I never had Cheetos on any of my trips to the States. I don't know. Are they like what's it? So they like Doritos? I have no clue. All I know is I think they leave your fingers all yellowy and they're hot. That's all I know, people. It's all I know. Okay. So Jordan Peel. Right, note came out. Was that last year? I thought it was last year, right? But he's already got his next film lined up, and it is scheduled to be dropping Christmas Day 2024. Right, so, um, yeah, no word on what this is, just know that, yeah, keep the 23. 20 look 25th free next year, people. Because if you enjoy um what Pill's been doing with Monkey Paw, well, you'll want to unwrap that one. Okay, so right, um, we know that we're getting a Gears of War film at Netflix, right? But Anyone that might be a little bit skeptical about, ah, is this going to be any good? What are we going to be getting? Well, word has come that John Spafatis, right, has come on board to write the feature, which, you know, should help a see, a seize, a seize, a bait. Fuck. I can't speak today. Um, appease. That's it. Should help appease people's nerves. This homie is behind June. He was a co-writer of June, right? Which was great. He's also written Prometheus and Passengers. Okay, so word came recently that Damon Lindoff and Justin Britt Gibson have stepped away from the Star Wars film that they were going, they were on board to write, right? They turned in a draft, but for every reason, it, it didn't work out. It's all good, though, because Stephen Knight has stepped in as the new writer of the film. This is for the Shamin Obad Chinnery um, Star Wars film that was announced a little while back, right? Um, now, Knight is no stranger to things, right? He's been writing for time. Like, Eastern Promise was one of his films, which is so fucking good. Right, if if he was to make a Star Wars film like he, that would be fire, right? A gritty, you know what I mean? Because that's the thing, man. 
something different like Rogue One. That's what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully. You know what I mean? I don't let yeah, mix it up, man. Mix it up a bit like the TV shows have been doing, right? But that's happening. He also is behind Peaky Blinders, if you don't know, right? Right? Okay, so this was interesting. Um, who what's homie's name again? Is Frack. I keep on forgetting things, man. I think I'm going to see now. Um, <laughs> okay, so Christian Macedo has um, been brought on to direct, and Dania Jimenez and Hannah McMeachin will be writing a uh, film about Chi. Chi Ching Chong, Chi Ching, Chi Ching, it was Chi Ching Chong, right? Cheech Martin and Tommy Chong. Hmm. I, feel, I, hmm. I forget. I feel they as uh, you know the duo was known as Chi Ching Chong. I might be wrong there, but anyway, they're writing a biopic about those two, who were um, man. They it felt like they were all over the spot back in the day, right? Comedy, films, TV, all of that jazz, you know. So, um, yeah, if you've been interested, then um, that's what they will be doing. And they are on board as executive producers, which is good, along with David Gilkman, with Todd Lieberman, Trevor Engelson, Douglas Baker and Alex Young as producers. Okay, so with John Wick hitting tomorrow, right? It's um yeah, it was oh man, it was like real crazy to hear that Lance Reddick passed away at 60, man. You know what I mean? But when you think about the legacy, it is just incredible, right? I mean, I, I've just started watching Fringe again, which, ah, he killed it in. You know, The Wire, obviously. I've not watched the Boss series on Prime, but, you know, of recent years, I think he was in Resident Evil, the, the Netflix series last year. But, yeah, the big thing that has really resonated over the last few years was his role as Sharon in John Wick, which has just been so frigging good. You know what I mean? That's, that's just a great character in those films. And you know he's turning up in Ballerina. Unfortunately, because I thought he might show up in the Continental, but that's probably... I, I don't believe any filming has started on that. So, yeah, that's not... But we will see him in the Ballerina. Well, ballerina, which it would be nice, you know. Um, he does have a few other films though, which were finishing finished, right? He's gonna be in the Kane Mutiny Court Martial, right? Which is directed by William Friedkin. Um, also, he well, in that one. Um, he plays Captain Blakey, right? Chief Judge of 
the court martial um in the projection based um it's based on a, a 1951 script right so um he's also gonna be playing um zeus right in percy jackson and the olympians right so this is the new adaptation of the rick royden books right there was those two films back in the day percy jackson and lightning thief i forget what the other one was called right they weren't great but um yeah it looks like you know it sounds like you know things are real ramped up for the tv series on disney plus and with him playing Zeus, you knew, oh, that was going to be a recurring role. So that's a real shame. That's a real shame, you know. And um, he's also going to be in White Men Can't Jump, right? Playing the dad of um, the Wesley um, the Wesley Snipes character, which this time around is played by Sinukia Walls, right? So, um, yeah, that's happening. Um, he's also in Shirley, right? Which is a biopop, a biopic of um, Shirley Chijon, right? Uh, directed by John Ridley, uh, which follows America's first black congresswoman, um, who is played by Regina King, and um, Reddick plays her campaign manager, right? And he's also um, yeah, doing a video game, Hellboy Web of Weird, right? He um, voiced the villain in that. So, you know, it is it, it, sad, man. It's sad he's gone, but what a motherfucking legacy, right? What a legacy homie has left. So, hey, go watch John Wick. It's a banger. It's, a, it's, it's so much fucking fun, people. Trust me. All right? So, enjoy it. Let me know what you think. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, until then, I will see you next week. All right? Peace. Thank you.